Welcome to Tower Talks with Inside Towers, the wireless infrastructure industries podcast. And now for your weekly recap, a timely review of this week's top headlines and takeaways. Here's your host. Welcome to Inside Towers Week in Review. I'm Leslie Stimson, Inside Towers Washington Bureau Chief. With me are John Celentano, our business editor, Jim Fryer, our managing editor, and Jay Sharp Smith, our technology editor. This episode is sponsored by Inside Towers Intelligence, a quarterly market report that dives deep into the wireless infrastructure ecosystem. It looks at market trends, capital expenditures, relevant M&A transactions, and more. Intelligence is designed for managers, marketers, and investors. In fact, the second quarterly report is available now. An annual subscription also includes an exclusive briefing and online support. For more information or to subscribe, visit InsideTowers.com slash intelligence. And Jay Sharp Smith is going to lead us off with our first story. Thank you, Leslie. Uh, uh, They call it Gigaboom. That is the uh, UK government's a nickname for an effort to stretch their internet to, uh, the goal is 85% of their population would be covered by a, a gigabit internet by uh, 2025. And the reason we're talking about the work week is uh, they passed a milestone. They now have 50% of the population with gigabit. That was made possible in part by uh, a big rollout by Virgin Mobile or Virgin Media O2. They've also got uh, a a lot of other systems that are just about to be rolled out. So it looks like uh, they will be able to hit 85% uh, by by their deadline. And um, they are working really hard on this. We've been, we've been covering it. Uh, There's, uh, there's, there's a lot of areas within in the United Kingdom that are not going to be easy to, uh, to cover. And uh, even though it's a small island or group of islands, it, the case may be, but uh, it's still difficult for them. But uh, uh, it's interesting to, to watch. They are, are, uh, are really putting a lot of time and money into this and uh, uh, so we, uh, we wish them all the luck. Our next story is about rip and replace. The FCC is going to meet its target deadline to open an application window on October 29th. Um, the commission established the $1.9 billion program. It's to reimburse providers of advanced communication services that have 10 million or fewer customers. They would be reimbursed to remove, replace, and dispose of covered communications equipment uh, from Huawei or ZTE to participate, uh, eligible providers must file a certain form, Form 5640. The best thing is to go on the commission's dedicated supply chain website page and read that. They have a good um, frequently asked questions section also. It says, Upgrades are not going to be reimbursed. You're, you're going to be reimbursed for what you have now. Um, examples of an upgrade would be replacing a microwave backhaul with fiber 
or replacing last mile fixed wire, wireless links with fiber to the premises. Um, on a case-by-case -case basis, you could be reimbursed for a new tower. So that's something to watch. And that brings us to our next story, which is coming from John. Thanks, Leslie. Yeah, uh, in a wide ranging um, discussion at an investor conference and a number of investor conferences, uh, uh, Tom Bartlett, the CEO of American Tower shared his outlook for the company. Um, he set priorities and strategic, uh, uh, he set a set reset. He set operational and strategic priorities for 2022, uh, pointing out that um, their growth will be driven by several aspects. One is organic growth, which is basically adding to existing towers and upgrading existing tenant arrangements. The other is build a suits. American Tower has a very active build a suit program, mainly outside the United States. This year alone, it plans to build six to 7,000 towers, and then over the next several years, 40 to 50,000 towers. Um, it's to meet uh, a demand for uh, higher spectrum, advanced technologies, coverage, and densification. It's inorganic growth, mainly through acquisition. And recently in Europe, uh, the company sees opportunities uh, across its 23 uh, country uh, markets where it operates that... Um, it only owns about a third of the inventory in those in those markets and expects uh, some more acquisition opportunities to arise. And finally, there he talked about extending the platform, uh, meaning uh, they would include uh, edge applications in power or edge computing, and uh, they see a lot of opportunity there. Um, yeah, there's a lot of growth upside in the United States. Uh, they expect to upgrade uh, with new pricing schemes, uh, major agreements they have with at and and Verizon over the next several years. And on top of that, they're doing a lot of pre-work for their customers um, on their services side, where they would do um, a site act, a site preparation, uh, modifications, that sort of thing. They expect to bill uh, 200 to $250 million for services in 2021. That's up. Uh, more than double their service average over the last three years. And if DISH steps up its deployments, uh, uh, American Tower sees that uh, that could um, drive more um, sales of its services. Um, it's looking at both developed and developing countries as opportunities. Certainly in Europe, it expects to expand its presence in Europe. And in developing countries, there's a, an evolution of mix of technology and spectrum uh, that are driving growth. Uh, the company is acquiring towers from both wireless carriers that, that are spinning off their tower assets and also buying up existing tower operators. And the company sees, American Tower sees uh, both opportunities as, a, as, a, as attractive, uh, depending on the math, number of sites and locations, upgrade needed, uh, lease up potential and tower cash flows. Certainly, India is a strategic market for American Tower. It's its biggest market by the number of sites it owns. It owns 76,000 towers in India. The recent government um, uh, rulings have been in favor of uh, American Tower's largest customer, uh, Vodafone Idea, to give it a break on uh, payments for uh, spectrum and taxes. <clears throat> uh, the, company the country did uh, hit some setbacks uh, due to COVID uh, issues, but they, they seem to be coming out of that now and, and American Tower sees a terrific opportunity in, um, 
in its big market where the it expects quote its customers will turn its spigots on so um a lot going on with the company very uh, positive uh, uh, opportunities and um we're watching uh, uh watching it closely uh, uh as as we move forward thank you john and sharp it looks like the fcc has a web page devoted to help consumers prepare for the 3g phase out tell us about that well <clears throat> Leslie, uh, uh, 3G brought us uh, the BlackBerry. It, uh, it pushed data rates uh, from the uh, paltry 64 kilobits per second under 2G uh, up to uh, 14 megabits per second. It made worldwide roaming possible for the first time, and it also uh, uh, allowed uh, allowed cell phones to uh, to talk to the internet so we have a we have a lot to uh, to thank uh, the uh, third generation of uh, cellular four but its days have uh, come to an end and uh, uh, AT&T and Verizon have announced that they will finish uh, shutting down their 3g networks by uh, February of 2022 uh, that's for uh, AT&T and uh, November or December 31st of uh, 2022 of, uh, uh, for Verizon. And uh, uh, interestingly enough, uh, T-Mobile has uh, uh, announced their shutdown date for, uh, for Sprint's 3G uh, network, uh, which is uh, January uh, 1st of 2022. Uh, but uh, they uh, have not announced when they're going to shut down uh, the, uh, the T-Mobile uh, 3G network. Uh, the reason that the FCC uh, has created this page is basically to uh, uh, remind people they need to uh, to get upgraded as soon as possible, really, because those dates I just gave you are like when the when the final switch is turned turned off. So there's going to be there's probably already uh, shutdowns occurring in different areas, and uh, so that the FCC is worried about people having phones and not being able to call 911 or that type of thing. And there are other, uh, there are other uh, products at risk, uh, some medical devices, uh, tablets, smartphones, vehicle SOS services, uh, home security systems uh, that use uh, the 3G network as a backup in case the, uh, the, the wireline system goes down. So those are all uh, devices that are at risk. In fact, the uh, alarm industry uh, has, filed, has uh, filed a pleading with the FCC uh, asking uh, AT&T to push back its, um, its deadline because they uh, said they have roughly 6 million uh, security, fire, and personal medical alert systems uh, that still need to be upgraded to, uh, to uh, 5G or at least 4G technology. And uh, that, that petition has not been resolved yet, but uh, you can imagine that the FCC will pay attention to that because anything, anytime you have a device that is uh, using spectrum to uh, protect lives, uh, that, uh, that usually gets the FCC's attention. So uh, the, the deadlines may change, uh, but, uh, uh, the bottom line is, uh, after 20 years, 
which is really a long time in wireless years, I guess, uh, sort of like dog years. 3G is going away and people need to deal with it. Thank you, Sharp. I'll have to check and see if this affects my ADT security system. So Jim, that brings us to Italy. Take us away. Uh, I will take you to Italy, Leslie. Um, now, anytime there's a story about a new tower fabrication that gets my attention, I know we've, we've reported on a bamboo tower in uh, Malaysia. Uh, not that I don't know if anybody's really excited to climb one of those things, but uh, good luck with that and folks in Malaysia with the bamboo tower. Uh, but we had a report coming out of Italy in uh, Milan, where things of all new fashion come out of, and uh, a company called Inwit, I-N-W-I-T, I'm sure the word Italy is in there probably at the beginning of it. Um, and they not only are a tower company themselves, and, and own a fairly, fairly substantial portfolio of, I believe, 15,000 or so towers, um, but they're also a tower fabricator, and they have come up with a wooden structured cell tower. Now the um, tower is made of glued laminate timber, which is apparently an, an alternative to steel. And this, this tower, this new prototype tower they built of, these, this wooden, of this glued laminate is 120 feet high. And um, it is made completely of sustainable material in line with the, apparently Italy's issued a sustainability plan objective, some green sort of uh, objective um, for, the, for the country. And it, it meets the standards that have been put forth there. Uh, so it will start to provide cellular coverage for a park area near the structure. The, uh, this, this wooden tower will replace a previous steel one that will be dismantled and recovered. The CEO of Inwit, uh, Giovanni Ferrigio, uh, said that their choice aims to be responsible and sustainable. And he feels that it's uh, their duty to come up with an alternative material that reduces environmental impact throughout the life cycle of the infrastructure and that it's more harmonious with the landscape and urban surroundings. Um, Giovanni has uh, said he's convinced that uh, the glued laminate timber is a, an excellent choice in this regard to create an environment that is increasingly more connected, sustainable, and circular. Well, thank you, Jim. Uh, so the California Public Utilities, Utilities Commission this week had a hearing. They're trying to figure out if T-Mobile lied to them to gain the state's approval of the carrier's 2020 acquisition of Sprint. Uh, this has to do with the T-Mobile planned shutdown of the Sprint Boost Mobile um, CDMA network. DISH has been protesting to everybody about this, um, saying that the that saying that T-Mobile moved up the deadline. T-Mobile says, no, we didn't move up the deadline. We always plan to shut it down by December 31st. Um, and Dish is saying, yeah, but if you do that, you'll strand millions of Boost Mobile customers. Um, and the commission says it was a surprise to them that this was going to happen. 
an attorney for T-Mobile said T-Mobile did not lie. This should not be a close call. T-Mobile was candid and truthful in its testimony. Um, the uh, T-Mobile president of technology, Neville Ray, also testified. He called um, CDMA, you know, legacy networks. He said they provide poor service in comparison to 4G. He also said it's challenging to maintain these networks. Uh, Neville Ray said the carrier wants to complete the migration as soon as possible. He agreed with the T-Mobile attorney that the carrier never agreed to maintain the CDMA network for three years, no matter what, and was surprised that DISH didn't get that. So the judge gave T-Mobile a deadline of October 15th to submit a post-hearing brief, and DISH has until October 29th to reply. And then we move to um, our, one of our last stories of the week from the Thursday FCC meeting. Uh, they, did, they did several things, but probably one of the most important things they did was to adopt a notice of proposed rulemaking to improve the resiliency of communication networks during a natural disaster. You know, they have... They have the Wireless Network Resiliency Cooperative Framework. It's a voluntary industry agreement that includes mutual aid during disasters. Um, One of the questions in the rulemaking is whether broadband service outages should be reported in the agency's mandatory network outage reportage system. Uh, both acting chairwoman Jessica Rosenworcel and Commissioner Brendan Carr went to Louisiana to see the damage from Hurricane Ida. They visited uh, 911 call centers. They visited several several places. Um, Rosenworcel said she was struck by the piles of debris and the blue tarps everywhere. One of the uh, things the NPRM also discusses is backup power to bring more attention to it. How should they do that? They're seeking, uh, they're seeking comments on that. Um, the agency also sent personnel to Louisiana and Texas ahead of, ahead of the storm. They coordinated uh, assistance for 911 call centers carriers, broadcasters, and state emergency operations centers. Jessica Rosenworcel said communication companies work long and hard to restore critical services. And she said all of this has made a difference. More than 98% of the cell sites in the affected counties have been restored. But with all the positives, there's still work to be done. The point of this is to look at where communications fell short, where communication recovery took too long, and what changes can be made to make the networks more resilient for the next disaster. And that brings us to our last story of the week. Take us away, Jim. Uh, Yes, I I feel like the international correspondent today. uh, America Mobile uh, had uh, gotten together at a shareholders meeting uh, at, at the end of the week and announced that they will spin off uh, their towers, their tower portfolio uh, into a, another entity uh, called uh, Sitios Latino America. And um, this will be a, a separate entity. 
and will have approximately 36,000 towers uh, that will be located. I won't give you the whole list, but it's, it's throughout Central and South America uh, where, uh, where this tower portfolio will be located. So uh, America Mobile is for whatever reasons, obviously um, reorganization reasons, uh, they are they're spinning this off into a into a separate entity. Uh, John, you might have any more insight on that as well. You've covered America Mobile. They operate uh, large portfolios uh, and cover uh, large populations throughout Latin America. And the spinning off of the portfolio will uh, deliver proceeds. Uh, to the company to help um, uh, its cash position to expand its operations and um, uh, and and help uh, set up and help improve its balance sheet. So, you know, we're seeing this across the world. Uh, tar, uh, carriers are spinning off their tower portfolios to raise money and really to either let a standalone subsidiary or um, an independent tower company. Uh, do the marketing and operations of these sites. So it's, um, it, it's, it, it is, it, the scale of it is pretty impressive because America Mobile does um, uh, operate uh, as one of the larger carriers around the world. Um, but it's not surprising that uh, these steps are taking place and uh, we should expect more of them. Well, thank you all. That's a wrap. Thank you for listening to Inside Towers Week in Review. Join us next week. Thank you for listening to Tower Talks. To subscribe to our podcast, our daily newsletter, or use our other industry resources, please visit InsideTowers.com. Until next time, you've been listening to Tower Talks from Inside Towers, the wireless infrastructure industries podcast.